Welcome to Love and Compassion, a podcast where we explore different topics that may challenge our current belief systems and the fears that they generate. Our hope is that through dialogue, you, the listener, will be inspired and motivated in new ways on your own journey to living a more loving and compassionate life. Please welcome your host, Giselle Taraba. Hello and welcome to the Loving Compassion Podcast with Giselle. We believe that loving compassion have the power to change our lives and our world. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast for more amazing content. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing forgiveness and why we believe it's the key to transforming our world. Our next guest is founder and CEO of the Musketeer Association, and her story has been viewed over 34 million times as she chose to do something not commonly seen in our world. She chose to forgive the man who killed and robbed her son. Today, she works on helping young people be the best versions of themselves. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hello, Rukai. Assalamu greetings and salutations to everyone. First and foremost, my name is Rukai Zafraubdumutakalim. And yes, I am the CEO and founder of the Musketeer Association. However, it does not trump what makes so much more importance to me in my heart is that I am the mother of Suleiman Abdul Mutakalim. And he is my son who took a chance in his life and made a commitment to help all people, no matter who they were, if they were going through troubles, that he would help in any way he could, uprightly. And being that mother who trained him to have that kind of thinking from my faith that also guided me to that understanding, I get to continue his commitment. And though I really would rather take in his place, I wasn't given that choice to have him come into the world, nor was I given the choice to when he would leave this world physically, because spiritually he is still here with us here, and he will always be. So that's my legacy. That's the honor I carry. That's that badge that right here emblem represents him as well. The Musketeer Association and everyone who wears this emblem represents what he stood for in his life. Thank you. Can you tell the audience a little bit about your son's story, what happened to him and how you came to be face to face with his assailants? In 2015, on a summer's night, it was the 28th of June. My son had chosen to go out and get food for his family. And while he was returning, walking on the poorly lit overpass, three assailants walked up behind him, a 14-year-old 
a six-year-old and a 25-year-old that led the boys to doing this crime, walked up behind him, shot him in the back of the head. He fell into the gutter. He was still alive when they robbed him. They took his cell phone, $40 off his, just $40 off his person and the food he was taking home to his family to enjoy. What quaked me to my bones. As I watched that surveillance camera poorly placed and is poorly lit and all we could see were the silhouettes basically is that they didn't have the empathy, the rahma, as we say in Arabic, the rahma, the empathy to call 911, and they had his cell phone. He was still alive, and I couldn't fathom how could a person or persons at least call 911, they wouldn't know who you are. It was his phone. Yeah. And they didn't run away. They walked away. If you see in the movies, they say stick them up and they rob and they mm -hmm. run. No, real life, today's life of what's going on in this world today, they have no sense of fear of doing wrong. And this wasn't just a wrongful act, it was a heinous act because he was still alive. There was no feeling of sympathy, empathy, anything that resembled. And all, all three acted the same way. When I saw the boys in the court, the assailants in the court for the first time, I did not think I was going to see children. And I saw babies, baby face. The 25 year old has not been brought to justice yet. Just the boys. So that was the 28th night of June. However, I was granted such a favor, my family was, because I got to say goodbye to my son. He left this earth on the 29th of June. So I was in the hospital with him, holding his hand. I got to kiss. The blood-soaked rags that were wrapped around his head was my blood. I didn't recognize his face because it was so swollen. Eyes swollen shut. He couldn't speak, but he was still alive. It is as if he was waiting for his umi to come, his mother. And I sat beside him. looking at his face, holding his hand, telling him how much I love him. 
he got to say goodbye to his brother who was at the Pentagon at the time. So we got to call and he put the phone up to his ear so we could hear his brother's voice for the last time. His sister was with me by the bedside in the hospital you see. I know I was granted such a beautiful favor because many do not get to say goodbye to them. They don't. As I held his hand and I told him about his birth because he came in light. All birth comes in light and so does death. But as I told him his story, about his birth for one last time. I've always told them about their birth. Every year, I tell my children about their birth. It is something that we do. I knew by looking at his face, I would not have him for much longer. But his hands were warm. I rubbed his feet. I got to rub his feet. Mm. I told him he was in silence when he was born. There was no sound, not allowed. And the first sound that he did hear was the creator's name in his right ear. And then his name in his left ear. So he knew who he is. But as I finished saying all of this, I started to see the light leaving his body. I saw the single tear that comes down the right eye on this side. And I knew when I looked at his face and that glow, it's time had come. There was a clock above the bed. 11 a.m. I shall always see that in my heart, this clock, and see the light leaving him. Because unlike what, unlike what people think, death is not the end. Mm. And it is light. It's a doorway that you're going to, uh, where and what it is, I have not debate with anyone over it. What I believe is what I believe. But I know what I saw, the light leaving. I saw that. And that brought comfort to my heart. Why? Because darkness doesn't comfort you. But light does. Mm. And even in some darkness, you can find protection. But the comfort is knowing that the light will come eventually for you. So as his hands grew cold and his feet got colder, his time had come. But I got to say goodbye to him. That rested my heart more than you can imagine. And I knew he'll always be with me. 
His spirit will be here. I will hear his voice, his laughter, his anger. I will hear everything <laughs> about it. And that for me as a mother comforts and rests my heart. So though he was sat upon on the 28th, his death came on the 29th. And then we laid him to rest a few days later in the ground. And some of you saw the video. And by the way, that the first time it went, it's still moving. The first time it went across the social media page, it went 44 million. Yeah. 32, 38, I think you said now. Yeah. That's the second time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm That's still surprised at this. Yeah. Well, I think part of the issue is that, you know, when I saw the video of you, hugging the young boys that uh, were being tried and hugging their families. Um, I think as a mother, as, as someone who has given birth, sorry, no, to children herself. The heart, you should please allow, don't hold them back. Yeah. It is the right It would be so hard to, to, to bear that. and still remember the humanity of the other person and that's what i saw in the video which is despite your loss you didn't sit in anger you didn't sit in in, in vengeance and in fact i had um read somewhere that you had said you know vengeance solves nothing and so the fact that you were able to see these individuals as human beings and to desire their well-being seems extraordinary. And so I was wondering, like, what helped you get to that point? What helped you not get stuck in anger or in loss? First of all, my faith, first and foremost. And I'm not a religious person. Please, everyone, get over that. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I don't want to be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a I'm a spiritual person. All yeah. human beings are spiritual. You need to tap into that spiritualness about yeah. yourself. You didn't put it in you. It's there. It came from that which created everything you see and don't see. And when you understand that, you, you start understanding innate laws. Mm -hmm. These innate laws were put here so that we could live in harmony with all of creation. But we have stopped teaching about innate laws. Mm -hmm. Why? I have no idea. Because you cannot exist on this earth and do things just to do them because you feel like doing them. You interrupt a cycle, a well-designed cycle that could harm yourself. If you are not careful, you're not just harming something else, you're harming yourself too, because we're all connected. We're simply all connected. Mm -hmm. The human being has the, the gift to think out and decide which way. It's a gift, but with a gift or a favor, you owe a favor. You can't move about this world 
as if you own it. Mm-hmm. So innate laws bring an understanding to all spiritual people how to move about this world in harmony. Knowing how children are birthed, how they, what is in them that you didn't put in them and that they are a gift. They are simply a gift. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know that it's a gift because they don't come out knowing a whole lot of things. Matter of fact, they don't come out <laughs> knowing anything. No. So you get to, to shape that mind. Isn't mm-hmm. that a gift? It's a gift. Which it is. And they don't come out with weapons in their hands. They don't come out lying, stealing, cheating, hating. Those are learned bad behaviors from the environment they're in. Mm -hmm. And it starts with you. What they do come out with that you didn't put in them. Part of that beautiful gift. All children are born with five things. This is innate law. They could have no arms, no Mm -hmm. legs, cross-eyed, blind, split tongue. Mm -hmm. They could be, all of them have the same thing. Five things, you know what they are? Those five things. Light in their eyes, joy in their voice, hope in their hearts, a curious mind, and they're always reaching out. You gotta move things out of them. Yeah. (laughs) They can have yes. toys all around them. You you could give them all kinds of whatever after they look at those things down on the ground. It's like, oh, yeah. what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they will find a way yeah. to get that. Mm-hmm. They'll maneuver a chair, something. You, you might walk away for a hot second. I mean, a hot second. You're thinking, okay, they're okay. You can hear the laughter in their voice or whatever, the little talking or sounds mm-hmm. that they're making. And you say, oh, I'll just go into this room for a moment. And then you come back out and there is the little one. He's moved the chair or she and put boxes on top and they're climbing up there. You're like, wait a minute, I didn't teach you to do that. No. But they want whatever is up there. Yeah. Because that is like- what yeah, mm-hmm. always learning, looking, wanting to grow, reaching up is what we call it, reaching up. Mm-hmm. That is a gift. When children stop doing that because they've been pushed, oppressed, or somehow, somewhat of a man-made disease of trauma made not to do that, they start reaching down, picking up weapons of all types, whether it's drugs, pills, alcohol, um, guns, knives, anything to hurt themselves and others because you've been hurting them. You've been stifling them. You've not shown them how to grow. Instead, you're being a fascist. You're being a fascist. You're bringing violence. And you're teaching them racism, either Mm -hmm. by the fact that they don't like the way their hair looks their hair, the color of their eye, their, their uh, speech, their teeth, their, their skin color. You're doing something and you need to stop and think about what you're teaching them. I'm not trying to pick at people. Please don't get upset with me. But when you're putting fake hair, are you trying to tell the child the hair isn't that good? You're making it easy for you 
to take care of it. But what are you teaching the child? What are they thinking about their own hair? Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I don't have those long lash, luscious eyelashes. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I'm not picking at anyone. You have to make your own decisions, but those children deserve to have truth. To be understood that their beauty, whatever the creator gave them, is beautiful. Everything about them is beautiful. Everything. Even if they have some handicap. It's still beautiful. Why? You didn't get to choose that. Mm-hmm. The creator did. And he does have the best of, of colors, the best of design. And it's a lesson for you to, to decide what kind of beauty are you really going after? Because the beauty really lies inside. Yeah. Inside. It's and so funny. Something to offer. Something mm-hmm. to offer you that you haven't taken time to learn. Yeah. So you, you, it's, it is that spiritual understanding that I have that I taught my children. And when this happened, I didn't run from my spiritual understanding. I ran to it to gain understanding. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, forgiveness and it starts with myself because I promise you I did blame myself what didn't I teach my child that was it what didn't I teach him I started recounting all the things I taught him and all of them about how you live in this world from my faith from my experience of walking and talking my faith And when I didn't do it, the experience from that. It boiled down to that one question, what didn't I teach them? And I came to grips, it took me two years. But by that time I saw seen the boys again. So the Mm -hmm. first time I saw them, when they were 14 and 16, they were such babies. The, the 14 year old that I hugged, he was so scared. He had never committed a crime in his whole life at 14. Nothing had he done wrong. Nothing. He was overgrown even then. He was bigger than the kids in his class, but he had a, a learning impediment that no one was helping him with. His mother did the best she could, I suppose. But we have other things to talk about that. That's what kind of stops and legislation have we put in place that keeps people from growing to do better. But anyway, um, when I saw how young they were, of the six-year-old hard baby, I mean, baby face, mm-hmm. but hardened. You could tell he had been through some abuse. And it wasn't necessarily physical abuse as much as it was mental abuse, which mm-hmm. is worse. Yeah, emotional. Emotional. So he was hard. And then two years later, I see them in court. 
and the 14 year old is gone to be 16 and he's as tall as my son now. Mm -hmm. My son's six, one, six, two. He's standing mm -hmm. as tall as my son at 16. Mm -hmm. Wow. He, he still has wow. a third grade reading level. At 14, he had a third grade reading level and at 16 still a third grade reading level. So how well could he think things out? An overgrown giant, gentle to his heart. He really gentle. But his environment pushing him yeah. to, be, to, to be accepted, you've got to be a certain way. And wasn't a good way. And then all of a sudden, here he is. Something he never imagined himself doing, harming another person. Because when we did the investigation, sorry, about his life, talking to teachers at the school, he was always protecting the ones who were being bullied in school. They would run behind him and be with him to be protected from the bullies in school. That's the reason why he went to school. He didn't go to school for to, to for classes because they didn't take time with him. Mm -hmm. He felt the compelling to be in school to protect the little ones who couldn't protect themselves. Now, what kind of young man is that? What kind of child is he? Yet at that time, on the 28th, he was committing a crime with two others. What happened to him? What happened to all of them? When I looked at their all their lives, except for the old the twenty five year old, because he's never been brought to to book for what he's done, mm -hmm. I saw the horrors that have been happening to children in um, in the United States, yeah. in Canada, mm -hmm. in France, in Italy, in Germany, and I'm like, what? is going on here what has happened to our world that horror of all these children see after see of children from molestation from human trafficking from pornography from from their own parents that they they are given to and they trust those parents to take care of them in the best of manners, meaning mentally, spiritually, they're not doing that. And they're using them for their own personal desires. A mother seeking a five-year-old to have sexual favors. A mother, it's bad enough. The fathers are doing this. Then I see now the mothers of joy. I was horrified. Mm -hmm. Two years I prayed, what am I to do with all of this? Yeah. And by the time I came into court, knowing his life, how it came into being, knowing what his mother had been through, mm -hmm. how can I have approached it any other way? If I want Rahma, mercy, you have to be willing to give that. Yeah. And if you can't give it to children, mm -hmm. tell me, 
who can you give it to? Aren't they the first to receive our forgiveness? Our mercy, our acts of goodness, aren't they supposed to be the first? Aren't they our future? If we don't show them how, what kind of future do we have? Yeah. Yeah. It's so incredible to me that you decided to keep your heart open rather than close it, right? Like you de decided to get curious um, and try to really focus on understanding the story. And that's really kind of the basis of compassion is that curiosity, like the, what happened to you, you know, um, and, and you have done a number of presentations in front of officials and so on and talking about how trauma really is the real enemy. I was wondering what you thought we need in order for us to address this collective trauma that we seem to have created for ourselves. First and foremost, be truthful to yourself. Truth. Stand on truth. No matter whether it's for you or against you, stand on truth. If you're not standing on truth, then how can you possibly convince a child to do what's right when you yourself are doing what's wrong knowing you shouldn't be doing it, but you're doing it anyway. So first is truth. Second of all, know that forgiveness doesn't start with who hurt you. It starts with you. There's an innate law. You got to know the innate laws. When you hurt yourself first, you cut your finger or something. What's the first thing you say? What did I do? <laughs> you go out and what do I do? I saw myself. I saw that happening. Or I know yeah. better. Why did I do yeah, that? I'm mad at myself. Yeah. How you don't I do look that? at the knife and say, why did you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is an innate law put inside you to first look at you. First look at you. And I guarantee you many, many uh, parents, when they're hurting, they don't want to answer that question first. They start going towards who hurt them and they're saying, I'm not going to forgive them. I don't, that's, that was my child. They did this to my child mm -hmm. or to my loved one. And I understand that. I do not in any way say to them, they they're wrong to say that. But until you answer the first question, you can't go to the second one. You have to answer the first one. For as long as you keep avoiding answering that first one, everything else keeps piling on top because you'll not get the answer. I don't believe in this country, especially in this time, and in almost all the countries around the world, I can't say every country because I haven't been to every country, but I, I'm really, I would bet this on it, <laughs> that they should not have a death penalty because they have not addressed the man-made disease of trauma. Trauma is everywhere. Trauma, our life is trauma. The world came from a traumatic and explosion, as some will say. It's still trauma. Let's bring it back down to where you can fathom birth. 
women, we go through trauma. Mm -hmm. We bleed for that child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're in pain. We're bleeding. It comes out. And you know what? The moment that child, oh, my baby is here. You forget about the pain you went through. You forget you're still bleeding. We bleed for a whole three months still bleeding after the birth has come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But guess what? We don't say, I'm not doing that anymore. We end up with another one and another one. And some of us have multiple kids. <laughs> now, I didn't want to go that way, but three children. Mm-hmm. And I do I don't think, and you don't think about that pain in a way that it just makes you negative. The majority of the people don't. I know there are situations where women become negative, but that's a chemical imbalance that's happening that has to do with man-made, man-made trauma that that person went through that was never dealt with. But here they are with a child now. Mm-hmm. So getting back to the point of it is trauma is everywhere. It's in our life. There's a trauma that is natural that you will heal from almost immediately. But what we're dealing with is not a natural trauma. It is man-made. And it is is a disease. 500 years in this country, they've not dealt with what was done to the indigenous. Mm -hmm. I mean, traumatic for the Afro-American, my people. Traumatic. For those who are migrating, traumatic man-made disease. And that has to be dealt with before you can say you will take a life or that you will revenge something. Until that's dealt with no one. The death penalty, I'm fighting for that here in Ohio to end it. I am fighting to end the children being buried alive in prison. Yeah. A 13-year-old, 20 years, are you out of your mind? Have you lost? It is in biblical terms or scriptural terms to bury children alive is a sin. We all know this. It's passed down mm-hmm. to all the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Yet we do not see ourselves burying someone alive above the ground. They're called tombs, four walls. Put in four, a full four-wall shell, if you will, and you leave them there for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you've buried a child alive. That is a sin. I'm fighting that as well. Yeah. One of our one of our officers of the Musketeer Association, our restorative justice division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has headed this, and we're starting with South Carolina, and she is a champion. She's building the framework, the actual framework to end this injustice. It has taken three years for her to get to this point. It's a beautiful framework, and the musketeers are heading the way for it because it will absolutely bring out of that prison in a proper manner now and stop burying our children alive so that they can come back into society 
and be productive. So our restorative justice division and our deconceration division uh, project there, those two tied together, it starts inside the prison, giving them first of all, an understanding about who they are, who, how they, the, their creation was to do wonderful things. What happened to them? Mm -hmm. Someone pushed down on them, got them into the state that they are, and it's how they ended up where they are, but they don't have to stay that way. So helping them understand that while they're in there, then bringing them to the next stage where they can start dealing in society. Because once you have been locked up like that, let's see how well you deal if somebody puts you out. Yeah, I have a friend who does compassion in the in prison system work. And that was one of the things that she observed that we're asking an extraordinary thing of these people. We, we incarcerate them, put them in an environment with people with similar beliefs and, and, and trauma and mindsets and energies. Yes. And then we expect them to do this extraordinary act of becoming compassionate and functioning citizens. I know. And, and, and it's like the systems we have created, just like the humanity just seems to have left the building. Yes. Of course. Like I said, if we're building the, the actual framework is the way in which is she, she and the groups with her, the way they're doing is like a mason, uh, a masonry person, a master of mason, masonry um, uh, uh, skills. So you build the framework, first of all, before you lay the house. You got to have that foundation. And they're so meticulous. Each corner has to be right. Every mm -hmm. level. Otherwise, the house is going to fall. Yeah. Right? So uh, that is how she is doing it. And we're right there with her. Mm -hmm. And this framework is going to lead the way for all across this nation. And we will share it with the rest of the world in order to bring children, children into a society that rejected them, locked them up. Mm -hmm. and threw away the key. Yeah. And we cannot do that because that's our future. Mm -hmm. All ch children are your future. I was in the state house and I asked, them, I asked them the question. No, did I ask them the question? I made the statement. I said, not one of you know which child will be the next Nobel Peace Prize winner or who will be inventing or discover a cure for a disease that you or your loved one may mm -hmm. have. So how, how do you shape your legislative laws or even your mind to condemn a child, any child? Mm -hmm. You must find out what happened to them because something happened to them. Mm -hmm. And then help them heal, help them rise above that trauma and show them how to do wonderful things because they will start doing that. It's put inside of them. Yeah. It's so interesting um, because from our perspective, uh, trauma-informed practice is the stepping stone towards compassion and trying to understand and seeing the humanity in each other. And not forgetting that we are brothers and sisters, that we are interconnected, and that our wellness 
is dependent on the wellness of our brothers and sisters. Um, so it's um, it's really interesting to me when I when I look at the systems we have created. They're all based on isolation, separation, um, but that's also how we treat each other when we're hurt. Right? We want to separate and isolate and get away from the person, or we want them punished. And so, you know, you had mentioned that, um, I don't know if you had mentioned it here, what I had talked to you before, which was you had mentioned colonization. Colonization at its core has othering, right? Like it's, it's, it's the other, the separate, the, the, the not us. Um, so, yeah. And so it's, it's, I think the way that we're going to change systems from our perspective is that we really got to change ourselves, we really have to change how we see ourselves and each other. What are your thoughts? When you asked me about the formula for eradicating the man-made disease of trauma, mm -hmm. you said, is there really? And I said, yes, there is. That change that you're talking about is embracing this understanding that there is a formula and it's not in a pill, it's not in a bottle, it's not in some chemical lab, it's inside of you. You still have the five, this is another innate law, there are five human values. Yeah. And the musketeers have a program that we teach about this from very young age to, all right, from third grade, and we actually can take it lower, but it had to be on a different scale with them because they already are ex exhibiting that. Only reason why they won't have it in them is because they are being traumatized. Man-made trauma is after them. And then we have to stop and say, let's find out who's doing this and stop this now before that child turns into, oh no, another statistic that ends up in jail or killing someone or whatever it is that's happening of negativity. So at any rate, we started like, the third grade level, and we can go all the way up to 99 in understanding the five values that human beings all have. And one of them is, is love and nonviolent is inside of us, not to be violent. It really is inside yeah. of us. Just mm -hmm. as to be violent, but on a level of protection. And then if it's use incorrectly, then you end up being the attacker versus protecting yourself from someone hitting mm. you or going after you. Yeah. So those values are there and we teach about them because they are innate laws. You can't get rid of them. They're there. Now, are you willing to embrace them? What has happened to you that you won't embrace a, a love, a caring, um, a non-violent approach to something, trying to analyze, talk it out so that there would be harmony for everyone. Um, the way in which we, not a chemical lab, is that we first start with ourselves. Do we like ourselves? Do you like the way you look? What is the beauty that you see? Is it the beauty that that maybe the TV has shown you or others in your social media, or do you like what you see in the mirror? Mm -hmm. huh? You didn't get to choose the family you were born to. You didn't get to choose your eye color. You, there wasn't a magazine came to you and said, hey, 
By the way, we'd like for you to pick out your eyes, your nose, your your lips, your hair, so we can put you together. Mm. How you came out is how you are. Do you like who you are? Do you like yourself? Mm. Are you doing things to harm you? Are you cutting yourself? Are you starving yourself? Are you overeating? All of these things are something that is done because something was done to you that made you start hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So when you talk about being able to do forgiveness, it starts with you. Then once you understand this forgiveness, then you have to show kindness. That's what, that's what Rahma is, mercy. Mm-hmm. If once you've forgiven, starting with yourself, and mm-hmm. you're not being kind to yourself, then have you truly understood what forgiveness is? Are you standing on truth? Have you lied to yourself? Are you saying, oh, of course I like myself. I like everything about me. Really? Um, did you put on makeup today? Mm. I did. <laughs> and you put on it now. I have to say, I put on makeup for the camera because I Me know too. it doesn't really show that well. I had to mm. learn all these things because I never wore makeup. I like myself just the way I, I like my color. I learned this oh, from my faith. I learned to understand this knows this, this is what I was given. I bet I should love it. He loves it. I love it. The creator gave it to me. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've got some form of uh, problem, yes, you, if you can fix it, fix it. If you can't, still don't hate yourself. Don't say, oh, she's much more prettier than I am because the beauty that others have told you is beauty. That beauty must be what you see inside, inside, not outside. So ask, you have to ask yourself the tough questions and be honest. Mm-hmm. Once being honest, then be kind to yourself. All right. So I'm not light skinned or I'm not white or I'm not really dark, dark people. Gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. He's black. Yeah, oh, they're like black coal. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone says, you're really brown. I said, I know, but they call it black. What can I tell you? So, but the point is, and I hope, I pray everyone is laughing because you should laugh a little bit about how we have, yeah. how we have allowed ourselves to see beauty. Um, yeah. It is, is that once you're very completely honest, then be kind to yourself and say, I like what it is I am. Let me see if I can improve upon it by what? Being kinder to myself. Be kinder. Stop overeating. Stop undereating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exercise. <laughs> Get off the couch. <laughs> be kind to others. Speak a kind word. Smile. A smile can make us someone's day. You don't know what they're going through. But that genuine smile shows I care. And it didn't cost you a dime. That's the kindness. That's the rahma. And once you've gotten to that point, then the last part of the formula is doing acts of good. 
you're outside your house. You see across the street, a paper bag, plastic, especially plastic, floating along the way. Be careful, but go get that bag and throw yeah. it in the trash. Because there is someone of a, something of our creation that's going to be harmed by that plastic. Don't tell yourself it's not my business. I didn't put it there. Oh, these people are so nasty. Well, they, they are, all three may be right. Mm -hmm. But you see it. He's given you the ability to see it. It's not that far from you. Where is your act of kindness, mm -hmm. of doing good? Is it only because somebody, a photo op? You, they see you picking up. Hey, here's hashtag bang. Yeah. <laughs> and then they put it back. I'm cleaning my neighborhood. <laughs> and then they throw it back. <laughs> or they're like, the trash can is way too far. And then yeah, like, I did a hashtag. See, I'm doing right. Oh, the TikTok has become. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so the formula is forgiveness, true forgiveness, true mercy. Mm -hmm. And doing actions of good. We have a, I'll just use an example. There are elderly in your neighborhoods, all everywhere you go. And give thanks that they have lived that long. Mm -hmm. And they may have been some of the nastiest people. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, Miss Greenlee, she is so mean. But you may see her struggling to get across the street. No matter what she has done, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Who are you choosing to be? Yes. So that's the formula. And it really will eradicate that man-made disease of trauma. We all have that power in our own grasp to do. I hear my son's voice. I, I don't <laughs> apologize to anyone when I say, Suleiman, you already know you're not going to do, you, you didn't do it when you, when you were physically with me. You know I'm not going to go that way with anybody else. So why are you, why are you like, think about it, mom. No, we're not doing that, okay? And, and so it is the kind of conversation I'll have with him because I remember something, a conversation that he and I had. It is so hard for a mother. It is. <laughs> and they think, oh, oh see, no, it's breaking my heart to do this. But if I don't at least take a moment to correct you without harm, without being breaking, bitter, hurting you, scarring you, just gently, mm -hmm. spanking, gently wake up. Don't, don't touch that. Mm -hmm. Don't put that in. Don't stop, <laughs> stop, stop. That's mm -hmm. love. And I remember, I remember having to pull him out of the creek. He oh, into, yes. He, had, he wanted to go see the bullfrog. What are you going to we can get a net and pull the bullfrog to you. But he oh, he decided to go in inside. I was like, I'm not that far from him. I think yeah, she said that I was the kind of mother that kind of looked. I let my children grow, but not 
you know, you yeah, gotta, you were discerning. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I see him going into the Greek. <laughs> he started writing the words. Sullivan, stop. Sullivan, so stop. <laughs> Will you please stop? Look up. What? What? Don't get in the creek. Bullfrog, bullfrog, bullfrog. Ice. <laughs> There's another way to do this. So I taught him. And now when he <laughs> later, <laughs> later on, he gives the net, he goes over and he pulls out a snake. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> These are my memories. And, and they're joy filled. Mm -hmm. oh. They bring you much joy, yeah. And though you had to at times scold them, mm -hmm. never harm them. Love them enough to teach them how to keep reaching up till they reach their star and they will do amazing things. Mm -hmm. yeah. So answering your question, it is the true forgiveness, showing true forgiveness, true mercy, and doing acts of good, kindness to first yourself and others. If you're not kind to yourself, how in the world do you think you're going to be really kind to others? There can be no ulterior motive to it. You can't see what you're going to gain from it. Don't do that. That's not true forgiveness. That's oh, good. <laughs> you answered my question before I said it, which I was going to ask. How do you know if it's true forgiveness? How do you, Maybe you're telling yourself that you're forgiving, but how do you know if it's true forgiveness? Because you have no, you will receive nothing from it. I'll put it this way. Give an example, and it's a true. It's actually, many of you may be able to recall something. Somebody did something for you, and you're like, "Okay, thank you so very much." <laughs> yeah, and then maybe they needed something or wanted something you could not give it to them, and they remind you. Remember when I did such and such for you? This can be a family member. Oh, see your gratitude. I'm just sorry, did you do this because you thought I should be giving you something back? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have done it because you weren't doing it for me. You were doing it for you because you had something else in mind that you wanted later on down the road and you wanted me to be able to give it to you. Mm -hmm. The anger or the displeasure that they show will show you why, that they really, if they did what they did truly to help you. Mm -hmm. um, I tell some of my relatives, don't come and borrow money from me. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. If I have it, it's yours. If you can return it, I am very thankful. Alhamdulillah. If you can help others, please help others mm -hmm. when they need it. But don't come and borrow from me. Don't borrow money. Don't do that. You need something, just ask me. Mm -hmm. If I have it, it's yours that's when you know and that's how you the person who's borrowing or say you need that help well no i will never look at it again i will not bring it back up do you mm -hmm. remember in 1929 oh, <laughs> not that old 1992 i did such and such and such for you mm -hmm. you didn't do it for me you did it for you yeah. and you're here to remind me that i owe you mm -hmm. That's how you know. Mm. 
So it's, it's without expectation, without attachment. It's right. just giving from the place of love. Of love. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to go back to the concept of, um, that you had talked about. Um, now you didn't use the word self-love or self-compassion. Uh, you used the word self-kindness. Um, but I think we think about it along similar lines, which is really, it's about truly accepting ourselves, truly understanding that we're whole and complete and that we're always enough and worthy. Um, yes. And I think this is the reason why we, we are living in the world that we are because of fear. We have this fear, this fear, like even greed is fear of, fear of lack, right? You have to accumulate more because you're afraid. And, you know, that was the whole concept of, you know, colonization, needing to accumulate and possess and, and take and um, control and control. And so, control you know, I. Yeah. And one of the interesting things when you and I were chatting off camera, we, we talked about how some of the most powerful people that we can continue to consider powerful people are the least powerful people, like people in power and governments, people that have accumulated all this because they're in fear and they need to put power over when you are truly in your own mastery, in your own power, and you understand that you're enough. You don't need to disempower other people. You don't need to take things from yeah. them. Yeah. You don't so need it's just, to humanize them. Yeah. You don't need to do harm to someone else. Now, um, I, and, and it's funny that you said about people in power, because you were to look under the curtain of their lives. Remember, all children, rich, poor, checkerboard, blue, green, whatever, they all come with five things. All. Yeah. They don't know anything about money. They don't know anything about, <laughs> about mm -hmm. anything other than they're happy. And the one around them, they are, they just bring, they just give them love without yeah. children don't say, oh, I'm loving you because you gave me the Xbox. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can get that love from them just because you're there around them. Mm -hmm. Now, ask yourself about fascism. We always think about fascism in the terms of government, oppressing other governments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know that fascism actually starts in the home? <laughs> <laughs> it actually starts in the home, fascism. So colonization itself, how are you treating your family? Mother or father, how are you treating your family? Are you being dictatorial over them? Or are you being kind or the kind of balance of love and discipline without harm so that they can grow to the kind of individual that not you created, you didn't create this individual, you were given this as a gift, but do you know what they have inside of them? Do you know what gift was given to them when they were born and it's out there? And they've got to reach for it. You have some children that are prodigies. You didn't put that in them. You have some children that are a math whiz or reading, right? Or, or a, a, a person that's so curious, curious now, that they will discover something that you, you're like, oh my gosh. Oh, who, who discovered pasteurization? Mm -hmm. So that milk was no longer giving that tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. right it's just like 
there is for every child some special gift of wonder for mankind, not of harm. There's no wonder of harm. Harm doesn't come with a, a lot of thought. You can harm without really thinking it out. Now, when someone becomes a path, pathological in nature, it's because they begin to see, uh, they begin to have that man-made trauma that has never healed. And they're seeing, they're going further to see how far they can do more harm because they've never healed. No one has ever addressed what happened to them as a child. So it has to be addressed. So I, it is, it's understanding that it's not your position in life. It's not your families. It's not whether you're rich or poor. It's not that at all. And it first starts in the home of how you, you who have been chosen to be a parent, everybody isn't a parent. Just because you want to be a parent doesn't mean you will be. And how are you treating your family? Do you even understand what it means to be a fascist? When you look at colonization, all that is nothing but fascist behavior, negativity brought to suppress someone else and not see who you really are. What happened to you? What suppressed you? What colonized you in your environment? And it, it is the fuel mm -hmm. that is that feeds violence, racism, and fascism, colonization. Yeah. yeah. And it starts absolutely in the home. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Uh, we wholeheartedly agree. We cannot create a world without racism until we stop othering other people. In until our own home. Yeah. Until we see each other. How, how, many, how many parents... Maya said, I wish you were just like your sister yeah. or your brother, or how many siblings pick and bully on each other because who's bullying them? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Dad, mom chooses who they're going to what? Treat the worst, mm -hmm. no balance, or they love one more than the other. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. That love has to be equally shared. Yeah, in your heart, you might find a little, but you can't do that. Mm -hmm. You can't display that out. These are your children. Mm -hmm. And they are a gift to you to do good, not to do bad with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we have so much more to learn from children. It's We always see ourselves as... You know, the parents are here and they have expertise and authority and then the kids are here. But um, I used to work in child protection, child welfare. Ah. And uh, yeah, and one of the things that I, I used to talk to young people a lot and in, in their families as well. And one of the things that I used to hear also from my colleagues, not, not to criticize them, but it's just, it's a different in perspective is they didn't understand why the children love their parents, no matter how they treated them. They couldn't grasp it. They didn't understand. They're like, oh, look, children are so non-commonsensical that they will love someone that will hurt them. But children see, they see us as we, as they see people as they, who they truly are. They see the spirit. They see what they could be. And so there's always this desire for them to say, you can always choose different, right? That doesn't mean that you got to leave the child in a, in, a, in a bad situation. It's just that I think that we could learn a lot more from kids if we just... Got well, our ego out of the way? 
Sorry. Yeah. Get out of our way. Get out of our own way. Your colleagues, if they understood the innate law of how children are born, they will understand why that child has that. And that forgiveness, even when the parent has harmed them, burned them, broke their arms, really humiliated them. If the parent showed even a slightest love, the child is, okay, they do love me. Yeah. Inside their heart, not head, inside their heart, yeah. they're saying, and they're ready to forgive and to help hope that it's better. Now, once the child reaches a certain age and it doesn't get better, then mm -hmm. the child starts to try to protect themselves. That's yeah. when they stop to reach up. That's when it becomes really this violence that we keep saying, what's wrong with our children? Well, you know, not what's wrong with our children. What happened what to happened them to is the question that must always be asked. Our judges, our prosecutors, our protective agencies, our um, every law enforcement must ask themselves and be trained to ask themselves, what happened to that child? What happened? Um, you mentioned about your being in the services of helping children. I am a court-appointed special advocate for traumatized children. I'm a CASA. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so yeah. I advocate for children who, I, who are in traumatized home situations and come towards uh, them with the only purpose in mind is to stop that traumatization happening to that child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is not easy when parents will not get out of their own way. Yeah. And they go to the wrong that they're doing. It, they're lying. They're exaggerating. They're, uh, they're spoiled. Stop. What happened to you? Did this happen to you? And you find out it happened to them. Well, my parents raised me. I didn't come out so bad. Really? You think you didn't come out so bad? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that more yeah. often than I care. I didn't turn out so bad. I used a belt. I used a whip. I used a ironing cord. And look at me. I mean, well, my parents did. And look at me. Yeah, I am looking at you. You see a child? Do you really think you need to scar them mentally or physically or both in order to get them to understand that what they may be doing is wrong and you need them to do something? Or, or are you just wanting to be the, 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 the one in control. What I, I know that um, in having spoken to parents as well is, is that, you know, it's, it's so funny that they don't feel powerful, right? Like it's, it's the need to, to put control over that. And sometimes the kids are a mirror of who they're being and they don't like to see that. Yes. I, would, I would love to see a child protection system that helps parents be their best selves. Right, really? that helps them be compassionate and kind and forgiving towards themselves so that they could do that healing work. Because like you have said, hurt people hurt people. Those parents can't give to the kids what they don't have for themselves. Right, they don't know. And this is why we developed the Human Values Program. We have the Human Values Program along with the Survivor Workshop so that they marry together. We've married them together. 
in order to start with the, to include, I shouldn't say start with, but include the parents. So the project that we have is called the Human Values Project. And it is so, so that we can take that program, Human Values Program, the workshop for survivors, and do it both with the parent and with the child. Now, if we can't get to the parent right away, we start with the child, right? Mm -hmm. Because parents are not ready to admit they're not. They're not yeah, ready to it's admit. Hard. It's very hard for them, especially if they're a single parent and they've had to do deal with a lot of financial situations that our own governments, mm -hmm. city, state, and federal have put in place that keep some people here and other people up here. We, we got to work on those things. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then you have the banking industry. So that if you're in a challenge area, the very more affluent banks that give huge kind of loans to help you get a nice house, get into a very nice neighborhood, so forth. They're not in those neighborhoods. Yeah. So then you, you, you barely get banks into the neighborhood of the challenge. And then they don't have a lot of perks for them. So it's, it's just, it's a lot of things that happen. What we do is we start working with the child and the child goes home and they're starting to act a lot better. Even when the parent becomes angry, mm -hmm. yells at them, the child is able to handle it a lot, a lot better because they're understanding something's wrong with mom, with dad. They're being challenged about something, some pressure they're under. And the parents begin to see the child being a lot better and not lashing back out. Mm -hmm. We have a lot. <laughs> and then they want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So we are being welcoming and we bring them in. If we can get our court systems to really embrace our project and programs, we would actually have them both together and they would go through this course and they would see the transformation in themselves and how they see their children and their children see them. Mm -hmm. But we do have a program that can help them. We've even put it so that it's uh, first responders. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? And I mean, did you know? that our first responders, they have a cafe door now. Many of them come into the uh, services, but it, because it's so traumatizing, they're mm. going back out just as fast as they come in. Mm. And, and remember your first responders are human. They yeah. also need the kind of training too, to be able to deal with people in traumatic situations. Yeah. But they don't, so anyway. We develop mm -hmm. so the first responders and the people in the community that they serve, they're going to be able to come into the class together and learn together. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be easier to help them. They, they can help that person in that traumatic situation and that other person can receive them. Example, some of the first responders, they go into a challenge area mm -hmm. and they're already looked at neg negatively. What are you mm -hmm. here for? What do you want? Yeah. You, 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 you. I'm trying to help broken people and it doesn't work. So we want to bring them to the table together. Yeah. And for both the community and our first responders, they begin to see each other as humans. 
connected. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that I'm very passionate about is the concept of self-compassion, especially for people like the, the parents who are experiencing so much shame, shame yes. and guilt, and they can't get out of that cycle of shame yes. because they'll do more drugs or then they'll hurt the children more and so on, and they yes. can't get out of it, where self-compassion enables them to have that, a little bit of that self-forgiveness. They, they really have forgotten that they don't know if it exists anymore. But yeah. I agree with you. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I know somebody is going to ask me this from our audience. So uh, can you just go over the, the, the innate laws just quickly? Just name them. Just make sure we got them there's all. A lot of them. <laughs> oh, there's too many? <laughs> yes. Because I know yes. somebody would be asking me. What about the, the is, is there a top five? <laughs> <laughs> There's a top five, of course. Okay, okay. This is the top, top five. You start yeah. with yeah, you yeah. start with these, and the elders will start opening up to you. First of all, understanding, and we talked about how children are born. Yeah, and what are the five innate laws and uh, the five things that make up the innate law of who all human beings are? How we are connected as one single cell? Mm -hmm. Is 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 that love? That forgiveness? That kindness? understanding all of that is in there the, the five human values they're there mm -hmm. there and and people say well if you've been so traumatized you probably won't have it known you didn't put this in you and you can't take it out it can be smothered you can fight against it because you've been hurt so bad and this is the only way that you've been protecting yourself is to be the be the opposite of what they are mm -hmm. but you can go back to them or, or you can finally embrace them in the proper manner and you will find your life, you really seriously will find your life so much more in harmony with all of creation. And it really will start with your body because a lot of us are getting ill. We have illnesses that just like really we're so sick. I'm 71 years old. Oh, you're fabulous. Not, <laughs> you can cry. <laughs> I've not had really doctored problems. The problem I even have that I do deal with, I was born with that. It was given to me. My and a problem with the feet. Mm -hmm. Other than that, because I try to have this positive, mm -hmm. no, I have the understanding of the five innate human values that we have. Mm -hmm. And I embrace them. Mm -hmm. And they really keep my body healthy, mm -hmm. healthy mind, healthy spirit, healthy soul. It really does take away those wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got to use the five, I got to use the five values. <laughs> I got to follow the five values. <laughs> right. And once you, you're like, oh, okay. So th that's two. Number three is understanding about water. Mm -hmm. the water what is why why is it so important that we have water clean water now clean water isn't <laughs> ionized water water that comes from the purest of source from the earth mm -hmm. which is granted granite or water is really high high up mm -hmm. where we haven't messed with the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that's really good. Clean water has minerals in it. It has, it has minerals and 
nutritional stuff that we need in it. Don't take everything out of the water. You have nothing. Mm. Why do you need to have that? Because what is the human body made up of? Again, mm-hmm. understanding innate laws. Water. Mm-hmm. And, right, that's, that's number that's four. Five. And this kind of comes together. And these are the plants, mm-hmm. the green, the trees. Mm-hmm. They make our oxygen. So if you want to be able to breathe on this earth, stop poking fun at tree huggers. You need to hug a few trees yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing how we don't understand how we are all interconnected and interconnected with the earth. And if we harm the earth, we're harming ourselves. So do we have such short-sightedness? Yes, we do. That's the arrogance. That's Mm -hmm. what fascism brings. When you start embracing the fascist behavior, starting again in the home, you forget all the connections of other things that you need unless you are breathing, unless you keep that air clean and you keep that greening around, you will not exist here. Mm-hmm. These are innate laws. Embrace them. Instead of fighting against them, find ways to do better and take care of your ecosystem and your family. And it starts with you. And address that fear. That's just five of them. I got a whole school. <laughs> you just have to get out of your way. Get out of your own way yeah. and start learning. Right? Yeah. yeah. And keep your, and one of the things that, you know, um, you're such an inspiration is got to keep your heart open. Yes. Heart you open. You can't do it any other heart way. Heart open. Yeah. You can't do it any other way. That's also an innate law. You can't control that heart. I can make my heart I can make my heart uh, beat slower okay so can I if I concentrate long enough and breathe mm. a certain way yeah your heartbeat will go down down but if you stop that heart can you start it again no you can't no. it ain't long <laughs> you can't throw that out you, you can't And on top of that, on top of that, guess what the spiritual heart is? Mm -hmm. Simply not in your control. So keeping that heart filled with kindness and giving and loving keeps you healthy, Mm -hmm. spiritually, mentally, physically. Mm -hmm. Better protect that heart. It's the only one you get. Mm -hmm. It's the only one you get. Is there, is it by following the loss, do we have a greater connection with our spiritual self? Yes. Yes. You didn't bring yourself into this world. And we, I love, I love the saying that you, I brought you into this world. I yeah. take you out. <laughs> well, I've heard it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fascist trying to scare you. Your coming into this world was by his design. When someone asked me, what is your, I think they call it now your pronoun or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, yep. Yeah, I, I had to say to this person just recently, a few days ago, I said, is that important? Or is it more important that you are human beings? Mm-hmm. For me, I am human. Mm-hmm. And I look at you as a human. Mm-hmm. I care about you. 
as a human. If something hurts you, it hurts me. And not because of your pronoun, but because you are human and we're all connected. Mm-hmm. If we can start having that understanding, embracing that understanding, and then reflecting that understanding, our whole world will come in order. Mm-hmm. And the violence, racism, fascism, which you see there, stop BRF, that, that, VRF will be eradicated. And it's not hard. It first starts with you. What a perfect way to end. (laughs) I did have just one more question. And that is, is there anything you want to tell the audience about what you guys are working on, what the musketeers are working on or what you do, or, you know, where to to find you and your story or your association? Wow. We have nine projects and all of them have programs. So if you want to know more about this, and I really pray that you will, because Mm -hmm. it will, it's going to change your whole persona of how you're looking at dealing with even your own self in your own circumference, mm-hmm. then contact us at www.themusketeerassociation.org. If you put in .com or .net, N-E-T, you can still find us. Oh, because, okay, nice. Yeah, because we said the whole world is our home. Mm -hmm. The whole world of mankind is a flower garden. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure we can meet or reach each other just by the touch. So reach out to us. We have the Young Heroism Peace Award program, the first of its kind that celebrates children stopping saying no to violence, racism, fascism. We have a process that you do that can be a not, they can be nominated. We'll pick one, every, we do it every three months. We pick a young person who has shown the values of understanding stopping VRF from the wow. age of age, seventh grade all the way to college. So even in college, you have this. So we, we have that for the young people. We have the gossip program which is grocery delivery for shut-ins plus. People that in, in the challenged neighborhoods, 25% of the people are shut-ins now for whatever reason. And they can't get out to the stores. They can't get out to where the food is given free. They can't get out there. They're in wheelchairs. They're in beds. They're in, they can't get out of bed. In other words, someone has to help them to go to the bathroom, but they still have dignity. And if what we're doing is making them feel like they're in a zoo where we bring food to them already cooked and here, eat what we give you, how, mm. how does that build dignity and respect for them? Yeah. So we started this program for that, but there are so many others. We got the flower pot project right here, mm. which actually was so, we took an ancient technology, married it with the latest technology, and it is going to bring beauty and and a togetherness, bringing both sides of the street together, as well as information in your community where you can reach out. Someone's being bullied. They can't talk to their parents. They can't talk to school. No one's listening. That part, you click it. You click the QR code that's on it. 
it'll open up and that child will be able to dial a number to get help. Beautiful. We're getting children snatched out of our own neighborhoods. They're literally getting kidnapped out of our own neighborhoods. But where the people have fallen in these neighborhoods, that bottle pop will be there. Click. Has a locator on it. You have now given the child 24 hours more to be found before they're sold into sex slavery. Because the police can start right there. That's where the child was picked up there. You saw it. You can't stop it. But the pot is there. And that's where it's happening. And then they, you've given them more time. You know something about a cold case. You will be able to click that pot. Say what you know. Nobody knows what you're doing on that phone. And you relieved your heart from the, because I told you, you can't control that heart. Yeah. Taking a pressure off of you, told the truth about what has something happened. And now you've bought some, some ending for the family whose name, the family of the child that's on there. So we've got that. And so many, many, many others. Like I said, we're going to stop these children from being buried alive. And we're going to get those children who have been buried alive out of prison, <laughs> but in a particular way so that they can become more productive when they come into the society and they will feel a self of worth that they have not felt. They have never felt. Mm -hmm. And they will be the most productive people you can ever imagine because of gratitude. And you showed true forgiveness, true mercy, and you did act of good by bringing them into the community and welcoming them. Mm -hmm. And we will have trained them how to handle that. But anyway, please reach out to us. Yeah. You can call, uh, we have a cell phone, a uh, text number. It's one 304 8854. I refuse us have a landline, a text number. You don't want to talk to us. I get it. But you want someone to reach out to you. I get that too. Then you text us. We will reach out to you. There's no obligation. You need some help or you just need someone to talk to. That's who we are. We are your family. The Musketeer Association is being built on a spiritual connection of all human beings across this globe. And I'm starting first at home because that's the best place. What did I say? It starts at home first with you. And now look, I have a beautiful host who's asked me some <laughs> marvelous questions, allowed me to express myself even more. And welcome you into my home. Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much for being on the show. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Um, yeah. Please reach out to the organization and see how you can help. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Oh, I was so moved. Thank you. <laughs> well, let everyone know also that we are completely certified. <laughs> we're, we're certified, bona fide validated <laughs> even facebook has given us a, a a clean bill of health in that they've given us the donation button so you can, can donate to the musketeer association we the musketeer association 
are absolutely out here putting everything into the community. 85% of our donations, 85, go to the people. We're putting programs together long before we don't even have all the, we need more funding. We definitely do that. (laughs) But it's not stopping us from doing even the smallest thing. We have to do that. So I appreciate you like we do. I'd add moment. (laughs) That's a good ad. (laughs) And if you need something or someone needs something, it doesn't matter that you're in Canada. Well, you think we can't reach you? We need musketeers in Canada. Canadians, reach out. Come on. Canadian musketeers. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes. (laughs) We actually do have one or two over there anyway. (laughs) Yeah. We could use a whole lot more. You could use all it costs. (laughs) All it costs is your heart. So if you Mm -hmm. go onto the page, www.themusketeerassociation.net, you can click the button, the menu, and see join us. Or I think it's right there saying join us. And it's also a petition to say, stop VRF. You sign that with your heart and we're going to send you a beautiful certificate. No, we don't bother you. (laughs) You have to say to us, (laughs) what what can I do? Or I have this skill set. And you'll look at the programs, projects and programs they have. And you say, hey, I can help with that. And we say, bring it on. (laughs) Come on down. Yeah, Evelyn, Evelyn, we'll say welcome, welcome. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get involved. And you do as much as you can. And if only thing that you have for us is a prayer, I promise you that prayer will move mountains. So don't you not, not pray for us. When you can donate, donate. When you can bring your physical body, then bring your physical body. We are an association. We won't take you from what you already do unless what you're doing is wrong. Then <laughs> we're taking you away because you'll see the truth. <laughs> no, that's right. Just come to us. We're Thank here. you so much. So the Musketeer Association coming up for May. In Cleveland, Ohio, we have a queso event coming. And the theme of the the queso event is human trafficking. It is on, it will be holding it on May 29th, introducing people to what really is human trafficking and how we ourselves are adding to it Mm -hmm. by the choices that we choose to even watch on our social media pages. We're contributing to it. Oh, that's such important awareness. So for sure, please check it out.